0: Good day everyone and welcome to Wealth Radio, Growing Wealth Made Easy. My name is Mike Raz, a Wealth Manager here at BPI Asset Management and Trust Corporation. And here is another episode of Wealth Watchers where we do a lightning round of 5 relevant questions to help you better understand how the month's market movements impact your investments. Today we are joined once again by Daz Mercado, an Investment Analyst here at BPI AMTC to discuss the main highlights for the month of September. Hey, Daz!
1: Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me again.
0: Always a pleasure. All right. So I'll just fire away with our questions, OK? Let's begin. Now, can you tell us, what's the biggest development that happened this month of September?
1: What stood out this month was the spike in local inflation in August. And just to provide a quick context, inflation is a measure of the increase in prices of goods and services or the increase in the cost of living in a country usually compared to a year ago. Inflation had been trending downwards from 4.7% in February to 4% in July. However, it spiked Mm -hmm. back up to 4.9% in August. Also notable was that the U.S. Central Bank had their meeting last week wherein they determined the policies that they should implement, which have consequences to the economy.
0: I see. So you mentioned two things. Now, let's begin with what happened locally, Daz. In the Philippines, why did inflation spike?
1: First, let me say that inflation has been above 4% for the past months due to high prices of meat products because of the African swine fever, or ASF that affected local pork production. So ASF is a highly contagious viral disease uh, of pigs, which can cause deaths to those infected. And Uh compared to a year ago, meat prices right now are higher by 16%. So what pushed inflation from 4% to 4.9% was the increase in prices of fish and vegetables due to typhoons that happened in July. So agriculture and fisheries operations are vulnerable to weather conditions. So last uh, in July, some crops were also destroyed. And because of this, supply of fish and vegetables in August, so the month after the typhoons, were Mm -hmm. lower than what they were supposed to, causing price hikes in, in these products. So lower supply, higher prices. So that's what happened in August.
0: Okay, thanks, Daz. And
1: where do you see inflation going in the next months? The 4.9% inflation in August is high compared to previous months and the Philippines' historical average inflation of around 3%. What we have to understand is that the high inflation levels that we are experiencing now are caused by supply-side issues. So we have lower supply of pork uh, because of the African swine fever, Lower Mm -hmm. supply of fish and vegetables because of the typhoons that happened in July. So addressing these issues on supply can help reduce inflation. So we think inflation may stay close to 4.9% in September before gradually declining as supply of fish and vegetables normalize, assuming a favorable weather. Also in May 2021, President Duterte lowered the tax on pork imports to encourage businesses to import more and help address the supply issues locally. so These developments point to a better supply in these products, which can help reduce inflation in the coming months.
0: Wow, thanks for that, Daz. Now hopefully, we indeed see inflation coming down very soon. Now um, jumping off to another topic that you mentioned earlier, the US Central Bank also had their policy meeting. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about it?
1: Sure. So. Last year, because of the economic recession caused by the pandemic, the U.S. Central Bank reduced its policy rates and uh, initiated a bond-buying program. So what we have to understand is that both of these policies aim to have lower interest rates in the market. So lower interest rates help support economic growth by first influencing loan rates to move lower, helping businesses and individuals that need to borrow. So the cost mm-hmm. of borrowing money is now less compared to where it should have been if the central bank did not do any- anything.
0: Right. And
1: second, lower interest rates help support economic growth by encouraging people to spend rather than save, as savings and time deposit rates are influenced to move lower as well. So banks are mm-hmm. now offering lower savings rates. so it's less attractive to save money compared to pre-pandemic. There's actually a lot of things that happened in the recent U.S. Central Bank meeting, but the highlight was that it is getting more and more clear that the U.S. Central Bank will start to scale back its policies that help maintain low interest rates. So the Central Bank highlighted that the economy has made a lot of progress since the start of the pandemic and said that if this continues, a moderation in its policies that support the economy may soon be appropriate.
0: Okay, that's good. and. What would be the impact of the U.S. central bank scaling back its policies that helped maintain low interest rates and helped support the economy?
1: Sure. There were two main market movements that happened after the U.S. central bank meeting. So number one, bond yields rose. And number two, the U.S. dollar strengthened. And just to provide the context again, bond is an investment in which an investor loans money to an entity Uh, which can be a government or a corporation. And the investor earns an interest equivalent to the bond yield. So the U.S. Central Bank announcement regarding their meeting was released on September 22. And the 10-year U.S. bond yield rose from 1.32% in September 21 to 1.54% in September 28. At the same time, the 10-year Philippine bond yield also rose from 4.22% to 4.47% over the same period. So as policy support from central banks are scaled back, as economies recover, expect bond yields to move higher. So this is not supportive of our fixed income investments in the short term, because when bond yields move higher, it means bond prices move lower. So there's an inverse relationship between bond yields and bond prices. So in fixed right. income investments or bonds, we get returns from two fronts. So first, from interest that we get quarterly or semi-annually or annually, and that's always positive. Then mm-hmm. second, from price changes of each bond. So bonds are subject to price changes because these are traded in an exchange or in the market. So okay. as bond yields move higher, which is happening now, the prices of our bond investments move lower dragging our gains from our fixed income investments. However, higher bond yields provide an opportunity to earn better returns in the long term. So higher bond yields means uh, we get higher interests uh, moving forward. And another market movement uh, that we can highlight is that the US dollar strengthened. Uh, USD Peso exchange rate rose from 50.14 pesos per dollar to 51. So higher bond yields and expectations of continuing increase in bond yields in the US makes investing in the US more attractive, influencing investment funds to flow into the US, making the US dollar stronger. So these are the two apparent impact of the recent developments.
0: Wow, very insightful. How about the stock market, Das? Um, I mean, what would be the impact of these developments to the stock markets?
1: Sure. So... The policy of central banks is just one of the factors that affect the global stock market. The way we think about uh, this is uh, it's all about expectations and whether the market thinks that the central bank policy is appropriate to the current economic conditions. So just like what the U.S. central bank said in its statement, as the U.S. economy recovers, a moderation in its policies that support the economy may soon be appropriate. So with Mm -hmm. with this view, we think the U.S. stock market still has the capacity to move higher. What we like about investing in U.S. equities and global equities is the diversity of the businesses in the U.S. and global equity funds in terms of geography and industry. So in the Philippines, uh, more than half of the Philippine Stock Exchange Index, or the PSEI, is related to properties and banking sectors only, Mm -hmm. while global equity funds would have... 22% in technology, 14% in banking, 13% in healthcare, etc. So it's more diverse, uh, which is more appropriate to have now amidst all the uncertainties brought by the pandemic. And I Mm -hmm. I just want want to end uh, by by saying that equity or stock investments are inherently high-risk investments, as total returns are largely driven by price changes. And price changes are affected by overall investor sentiment, which takes into consideration a lot of factors. And some of the risks uh, currently are number one, the emergence of new COVID-19 variants, number two, Mm -hmm. high inflation levels globally, and lastly, a potential slowdown in economic growth as governments and uh, central banks reduce their policies that support economies. And global and U.S. equity funds are not immune to price declines so we only recommend investing in these equity funds for investors who can stay invested for the long term of at least five mm-hmm. years 10 years or even 20 years so i think uh, that's all from me today thanks everyone for listening
0: so ideal for long-term investors all right
1: yes there you have
0: it five questions all answered by daz thank you again daz for your usual insightful take on this market uh, I hope our listeners were able to gain valuable information from this recap. If you have further questions or want to know more about any of our funds, send us an email at management at bpi.com.ph. Again, this is Mike Raz, and please follow us again next month for our market recap in Wealth Watchers. Thanks for tuning in to Wealth Radio. Growing wealth made easy. BPI Asset Management and Trust Corporation is regulated by the Bangko Sentral ng Pilipinas.